Hello, Legends. Before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly tell you about a brand new show that I have just released. It's called Crime at Bedtime. And as the name suggests, it's been designed with those in mind who like to go to sleep at night listening to a fascinating true crime story. We'll release a brand new episode every single Monday, but right now there is a stack of episodes for you to binge straight away. So go check it out. It's called Crime at Bedtime. It's available wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's interesting you got a U.S. prosecutor to even bring the charges in the first place, let alone then have the appetite to try to go all these steps to extradite the individual. So it's it's highly unusual on, on many levels. For those of you who are regular listeners of our show, One Minute Remaining, you will be well aware of who my guest is today in this bonus episode. But for any new listeners, I'm going to be joined by the man who has been coined the voice of reason. Michael Leonard is a defense attorney from Chicago, Illinois, from Leonard Trial Lawyers. He's a man with decades of trial experience as a defense attorney, working many high-level cases. He is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things legal, and I've asked him to join me today to discuss the story of Chad Hauer from his legal standpoint. This thing that this was a kidnapping just doesn't add up. My name's Jack Lawrence. Welcome to Wanted. I'm a wanderer of the soul. Before the end, I plan to be whole. But I know I'll lose myself along the way. What's gone is gone. What's past is past. Let me leave it alone. We just wrapped up the story of Chad Hauer, of course, accused by the FBI of international kidnap, the kidnap of his young son, who, now at the age of 27, has himself appeared on many TV shows and done other media to explain that his father has never kidnapped him and he has never been missing. Well, it's a custody battle that didn't go too well. A 25-year-old who's still in the missing person database is trying his best to clear his name and his father's name. Pretty much way back when I was like maybe five or six, my parents divorced and Tennessee has jurisdiction. My mother had full custody. 
but she kept disobeying the court. One day when Howard visited his mother in Erie, Howard's mom didn't want to send him back to his dad, and that's when... Had to order two police officers to physically remove my mother and put me on a plane back to my dad. And that's where the whole kidnapping thing began. The FBI spent so much money on this case that they don't want to quit. That's why they're still pressuring us and still listing me as internationally kidnapped. And on this note, I have had many people say that, of course, it would be great to hear from Chad's son on this situation. However, as I'm sure you can imagine, now 27 and having lived through this as much as his father, he's very much just wanting to get on with his own life. Nonetheless, these charges are still hanging over his father's head and no one seems to want to back down. But why? And how on earth did it ever get to this point? Uh, Mr. Leonard, welcome to the world of the wanted. You know, it's uh, it's a fascinating world that we find ourselves in. You've heard the the story of Chad Hower and uh, and that situation. Firstly, can we just say that surely there's got to be more to this than a simple custody battle? I mean, have you ever heard of a man being extradited or attempted to be extradited three times by the FBI, placed on a wanted list with an Interpol red notice purely over a custody battle? Absolutely not, of course. And so as, as you cr- correctly predicted, it's a highly unusual situation. I think it would be probably good to talk about the fundamentals of extradition in our country. So it's not a federal law that allows it. It's actually a treaty, meaning a treaty is an agreement between governments that allows the, the extradition of, of, of people between the countries. And the, the country that you have noted, Bulgaria, actually has an extradition treaty with the U.S., which looks like it's been in place since about 2007, I think. So under that treaty, the people eligible for extradition from either country to the other are those who are essentially those who are charged with or convicted of a felony. The treaty indicates people who've been convicted of crime or accused of a crime that has the penalty of a year or more. In other words, a felony case. So Clearly, there was appeared to be a basis to seek extradition. I haven't seen any of the rulings from the Bulgarian side as to why they refused to do it. But under the treaty that's in place between those two governments, it appeared that he would be someone who would be potentially eligible for extradition. And this is the thing is that just because that treaty is there doesn't mean that the U.S. goes, hey, we want that guy. And the Bulgarians go, yes, wait, here you go, take him. Um, there's obviously a legal process that they've got to go through and go, okay, well, why are we extraditing this guy? What has he supposedly done? And for them to turn around and say, well, no, we don't think there's a case here. But then, you know, Chad says that they did this multiple times. They tried on multiple occasions. Not only did they do that, but they continued to fight his release from um, the prison that they had in Bulgaria. So, I mean, it seems like the FBI, uh, they have quite, quite a bit of power when it comes to, you know, these situations, seemingly. Well, yeah, I think that when one one country that has a treaty with another, like the U.S. and the Bulgaria example, um, they can even ask the person to be detained, um, even if there's not a treaty, and they can certainly ask for extradition, even if there's not an extradition treaty between the countries. But here, you did have an extradition treaty, apparently, and I, I haven't, I, have, I don't know if you've come across any materials where the Bulgarian courts or officials have given their reasoning for not doing it. But this is a highly unusual case. Typically, 
you're seeking extradition for either a case that has a high monetary value or someone who's very violent or dangerous or someone who is accused of a very serious crime in the other country here, the United States. This would not fall within any of those circumstances. You have a custody case. You, you essentially really had a contempt in contempt of this individual by one court. And then it turned out into, based upon allegations by the ex-wife, a claim of kidnapping, which seems to be readily um, shown to be false on his face. So it's it's interesting you got a U.S. prosecutor to even bring the charges in the first place, let alone then have the appetite to try to go all these steps to extradite the individual. So it's it's highly unusual on, on many levels. Obviously, we know Chad's claims are that, you know, he was a high-level Microsoft employee traveling the world. He His in-laws uh, were Russian. His wife is Russian. Um, you know, they had links to the military in Russia. He is suggesting that, you know, throughout his life, he's looking back and he's going, you know what, a few weird things happened where I was approached by certain people, offered these weird jobs. Um, you know, so he's saying, look, I can't prove this, but I believe that there was some sort of, you know, recruitment situation and I turn them down every single time. And he said, you know, in my mind, they're trying to do this to get me in prison over there, walk into a room and say, look, we can make this go away, but we just need a little bit of help from you. Can you do X, Y, Z? And so the working theory is, and there is some evidence to support this. I cannot prove this, uh, but if you look at everything else that's been in my case, this is the most probable, especially with the amount of smoke and the things I have pointing towards this, is that some stupid, I don't know, low-level CIA agent had a wet dream and thought that I could turn my wife's parents or something. Can I prove it's all connected to that? Well, no. No. But the other theories are far less, I mean, it, the what, this is just some bumbling mistake that the four embassies yeah. and the entire U.S. government has doubled, quadrupled down on? What's the possibility of that? I mean, it sounds like something out of a Tom Clancy novel or some sort of spy fiction situation. But I wouldn't have thought it's completely out of the realms of, you know, fantasy when you look at what's going on with a quote-unquote custody battle. Yeah, I mean, look, anything is possible, so... I mean, I understand where he's coming from and why he thinks that's rational. And there may, in fact, be some support for it, but it's also completely speculative. So I, I, it's really hard for me to put stock in it or not. Because you don't want men in balaclavas to swing through your window there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing is, though, coming back to the basic core facts of the case, though. So you had to have a federal prosecutor who did some level of investigation. And clearly, if they had done any legitimate level of investigation, would have discovered that this was a civil court case, hardly fought, meaning hard fought, in two different jurisdictions. And essentially, it came down to one court saying that, look, perhaps you're in contempt of our order for not appearing. But any legitimate inquiry would have yielded the conclusion that, look, this thing that this was a kidnapping just doesn't add up. And it would be very difficult to get a legitimate prosecutor, and hopefully this prosecutor is listening to me, to bring the charges or to seek an indictment. Uh, but again, in our system, if you present a very one-sided set of facts to a grand jury, you can get an indictment, which in this case, if we have the facts correct, you had an individual lying about the circumstances of the abduction, which formed the basis for the indictment. So. It's really a far-fetched prosecution that most normal prosecutors who do legitimate investigations would have never 
sought to charge the case or to even to bring it to a grand jury. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can we just quickly look at, I know it's, it's probably a very in-depth topic, but the grand jury situation, because Chad says, you know, yeah, that, that he, if someone's been quoted as saying, you can indict a ham sandwich in a grand jury. It's basically, sometimes there's no judge. It's 12 people that want to go home. Um, what's the grand jury situation? Our grand jury system is is a bit unique. So we have grand juries at the federal level, which would apply to Chad's situation. We also have grand juries at the state court level. But in either event, the concept is very similar. You have a group of people who aren't called upon to sit and listen to a trial and decide guilty, not guilty. Instead, you have a group of citizens who come in in that jurisdiction it's, it's all secretive, right? And there's important reasons for that. Number one, you don't want to tip off the potential defendant or defendants that they're being investigated. And, and on the other side of the coin, you don't want to have people's names smeared in the public just because they're being investigated. So a prosecutor who's investigating a, investigating a case can impanel a grand jury, meaning a group of average citizens, and they may meet for a period of days, weeks, or in more likely months. And it's it's periodic. They're not sitting there for months at a time, typically every day listening to evidence, but they'll be called in. Maybe they come in every Tuesday or et cetera, et cetera. And they're hearing evidence in support of an investigation. So there may be witnesses who come in who testify in secret. No public member of the public uh, can listen to that. Their own attorney can't be in the grand jury room when they're being questioned. And so the, the grand jurors hear all this evidence. They hear evidence in the form of documents, in the form of testimony. But what's probably most troublesome to people is they can hear testimony in summary form, meaning you can have a member of law enforcement come in and summarily describe 
what they have learned in the course of the investigation. And of course, none of the witnesses or the evidence is subject to cross-examination. There's no defense to any of it. So ultimately, the grand jurors are asked to either return what's called the true bill, meaning they decide there's enough for an indictment or not. And so that's a very low standard. It's just essentially, is there probable cause that someone may have committed a crime? In other words, is there probable cause to charge somebody? So the grand jurors are not deciding whether someone's guilty or innocent or whether it's proof beyond a reasonable doubt, just whether a charge should issue against an individual or individuals. And so as I've described, it's a deeply flawed process. And so you've learned going back to the days of law school that a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. And it makes sense because when you present a completely one-sided version of facts without any opportunity to rebut it or cross-examine it, of course, if you want to get an indictment, you're probably going to get an indictment. Yeah, right. What an interesting uh, system that one is. Certainly, certainly very one-sided. Well, you know, Chad's still in this situation. His son is now 27 years of age. Uh, the charges have not been dropped. His son travels quite happily. He's not locked in a basement. He's even gone onto the news channels and stations and said, I'm not missing. I've never been missing. I'm here. Hello, everybody. He's even been to the American uh, embassy, embassy in Barbados and updated his passport and everything. Like So it's just very odd that they're continuing this. Chad says that he's reached out to them and said, look, if you promise to give me a speedy trial, I will come and we'll sort this all out. I just don't want to be put in a prison and locked in a prison for God knows how long when I'm not well and I can't get medical attention. So you agree to a speedy trial or in the in the statutory, I can't, is it 70 days or something like that? Or 90 days? Yeah, well, th that's what that's what puzzles me a little bit. I mean, you're always entitled to a speedy trial. So whenever you're charged and come into court, you can demand trial immediately. So there's a little more to it than that. However, since we all appear to know what the facts are, and we appear to know that what he did was allegedly a violation of a civil court order, not appearing in court, nothing to do with kidnapping. I don't know why whoever brought the charges, that jurisdiction, will not agree to either bargain with his lawyer and try to resolve it or just dismiss the case. It's it's ludicrous. Let's face it. Very odd one. Well, look, as always, Mr. Leonard, appreciate you weighing in on these situations. Uh, we'll have another one coming up in a, in a few weeks' time involving uh, a British guy who was placed on the FBI's wanted list. And uh, fascinating, the FBI had all of his accounts frozen um, and uh, he's now safely living in Russia where there's certainly no extradition treaty happening there. Wow. Can't you find just you know, maybe a couple Aussies who were on the FBI's most wanted list? I think that would be good for we, well, country's listenership, right? Well, we, we have an Australian coming up who was uh, on death row in Thailand. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a drug smuggler. Uh, he spent 10 years in prison in Australia and he was being harassed by the cops after he got out of prison and went, you know what, I'm done. I'm going back. I'm going to the UK. Arrives in Thailand, gets arrested and put on death row. And then he manages to escape the prison two weeks before he's supposed to be shot by firing squad. Jeez. Well, I'll be looking forward to that one. That's for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, Mr. Leonard, appreciate your time as always, sir. Take care, buddy. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thanks, mate. Talk soon. Talk soon. I want to say a huge thank you, of course, as always, to Michael Leonard from Leonard Trial Lawyers in Chicago, Illinois. I will get him back on when we discuss the story, as I mentioned, of the British man wanted by the FBI, whose life has been completely turned upside down. That's still to come, right here on Wanted. I'm a wanderer of the soul of 
for the end I plan to behold But I know I'll lose myself along the way What's gone is gone What's past is past 